0: You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius podcast. Well, good morning, Grace. Today is Valentine's Day. Hopefully for all the men in the house today, you remembered and you've taken action. If you haven't, the good news is you still have some time left in the day. So this is your reminder. You can't say like no one told me, right? So now now you've been told. But if we think of Valentine's Day, what is the one word that quickly comes to your mind? Love, right? I mean like Valentine's Day is the it's the love day. For us today, Valentine's Day has become a day to express love so we give cards or flowers or candies or diamonds or plan a getaway as an expression of our love for those in our lives. And I I think all of those things are are good things. We should take every opportunity to express our love to those that God has placed in our lives. I know I woke my wife up this morning at six to tell her Happy Valentine's Day and she wasn't very happy. So maybe uh, not so good to do that. But it is a, a day that we express our love. It reminds me of the story of a, of a Swedish man by the name of Oli. Oli was in trouble because he had forgotten Valentine's Day, which was not a good thing. His wife, Lena, was really angry. So she told him, said, so tomorrow morning, Oli, I expect to find a gift in the driveway that goes from zero to 200 really fast. The next morning, Oli got up early, and he left for work as he did every day. When Lena woke up, she looked out the window. Sure enough, there was a gift wrap box right in the middle of the driveway. Confused, she put on her bathrobe, ran out in the driveway, brought the box back into the house, and as she opened it, she found a brand-new bathroom scale. (laughs) And Oli's been missing since Friday. I man, there's a couple great lessons from Oli's story. The first is this, don't forget. And the second is, be wise in the gift that you get. But how did Valentine's Day come about? You know, there's a history behind Valentine's Day, and, and maybe you're not aware of, of Valentine's Day. Certainly it marks the day of love, but the history behind Valentine's Day is it's very interesting. It didn't begin as the romantic day that we know today. So let me give you a, a bit of the history behind Valentine's Day. It's connected to the Catholic Church and at least two different saints, two different leaders in the in the Catholic Church early in the days of the Catholic Church who were martyred for their faith. One legend contends that Saint Valentine was a priest who served the 3rd served in uh, in Rome in the 3rd century under the leadership of Emperor um, um, the leader Claudius II. Claudius II came to this discovery that men make better warriors if they don't have wives and children. So, as the emperor, he declared no more weddings. Well, there was a saint by the name of St. Valentine who thought that is heresy. Who who does he think he is that he should declare such of a law that that men should no longer be married to women, that there should no longer be weddings just for the sake of of being warriors? And so St. Valentine continued to... Uh, bring together individuals, men and women, as husband and wife, performing marriage ceremonies. Uh, And it was found out by the emperor, and he was actually martyred for his faith uh, on February the 14th, as he was taking a stand for what is right, as he was actually operating out of love, and for the good of those he was called to serve. There's a second story possibly connected to a second saint also named St. Valentine that says Valentine may have been killed for attempting to help Christians escape the harsh Roman prisons where they were often beaten and tortured. Either way, in both of these stories, there's a connection to love. Love revealed through the action of a saint, through the action of a Christ follower who was actively living out his faith. And that's why we celebrate love on Valentine's Day. So it's more than what it's come to be in our present day. Today in our culture, Valentine's Day, again, that we celebrate special people in our lives. But the genesis of the day, if you go all the way back to how did Valentine's Day come about, the genesis of the day was about the love of God being put into action, the love of God being revealed. It came about because they were early church leaders whose lives had so been impacted by the love of God that they were living that love out in such a way that it cost them their lives. You know, if you think about it, if there's anything that Christ's followers should be known for today, I believe it's this, we should be known for how we love. Like if the world wants to know what love looks like, I think they should be able to look to the church for those who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ, who's for those whose lives have been impacted by the love of Christ, who are now living that love out. And we should be known for for how we love. You know, some 20 years ago, maybe 22 years ago, I lose track of time. But I um, met a man I, I, I'd never been introduced before, and we were just having small talk, a, a bit of conversation. And he asked me this question. He says, uh, where do you go to church? And I said, I, I go to Grace Covenant Church. I didn't tell him I was the pastor of Grace Covenant, because that always kind of like kills the conversation. Um, I didn't tell him I was a pastor of Grace Covenant. I just said, hey, I, I go to Grace Covenant. And his response was somewhat condemning and cynical. He says, oh, that's the love church. And As we continued to talk, I discovered that uh, he attended um, a church that was much more religious and strict. It was one of those I, I, that I would identify as like the hellfire brim, brimstone type of church where they talk about all the things that you shouldn't do, and it's always about what you shouldn't do. And, and so he says, you know, Grace Covenant, that's just the, the love church. And as I walked away from that conversation, what he had meant as something rather condemning, I actually took as a compliment. I thought, wow, if there's anything that we want to be known for, As a body of believers, it should be this, how we love, how we're living out the love of Christ, and how the love of Christ is so impacted our lives, that it's impacting our relationships, it's impacting how we we process life. You know, it's interesting that there's like 600 plus commands in the prior covenant, and Jesus summarized all 600 of the commands with two, and you know what they are, right? Love God. And love others. Love God and love others. All summarized under this, this concept of, of living out love. I mean, it's interesting the context of, of that passage of Scripture in Matthew 22. Jesus was, was uh, being questioned by the religious leaders of his day. They were trying to trick him or, or trap him. So they were bringing question after question. And, and one of the religious leaders stood up and said, Oh, Jesus, can you tell us which is the greatest of the commandments? And Jesus' answer to that question was this. Listen as I read. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All of the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. And not only did Jesus model love for us, but he's given us the, direct, the directed to live out love. He's called us. To live out love, his love to others. So we're called to love those who are our friends and love those who are our enemies. Think about that. We're called to love those who are working for our good and to love those who are working for our harm. We're called to love people who think like us and agree with us. And we're called to love people who are different than us. Who don't always agree with us. And to be a follower of Jesus... Is simply the call to live out love. You know, as we think of love, love is, is like more than an emotion. Oftentimes, I think we, we, we have this concept of love it's, it's this feeling, and it's certainly a feeling, but it's so much more than a feeling. Love is an action that's revealed through what we do, revealed in how we respond, how we treat others. 1 John 3.18 says, Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but in action and in truth. So how should we love? The answer is in action and in truth. So I'm going to ask you again, how should we love? In actions and in truth. In other words, it's revealed in what we do, not just in what we say. So, I want to talk with you for a few minutes about love being re- revealed. As, as we think about love being revealed, I think we have to start here. God, God is love and he has revealed his love for humanity. God doesn't just love. God is love. Like love is the supreme expression of God's personhood and flows out of his goodness. And it affects like all of his other attributes. Now it's interesting. The Bible does not say that God is holiness. Or that God is power. But it does say that God is love. And God's heart overflows with his supernatural love. His unconditional love for us. Interesting, the psalmist says it like this. The Lord is good and his unfailing love continues forever. His unfailing love. And God revealed his love for us by sending his son Jesus to become like us to rescue us. And through Christ the provision of Jesus Christ, you and I can be in relationship with God. We can experience the love of God through the provision of Christ. Interesting, John chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, maybe the most famous passage of Scripture in the Bible that everyone's familiar with, but let me give it to you one more time. It, It reads like this, for God so loved the world, for God so loved you that he gave. How did He reveal His love? He gave. He gave His one and only Son. To do what? To die. He gave His one and only Son. And whoever would believe in that one, His Son, would have eternal life. It goes on in verse 17 to say, He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So if you ever wonder about or question the love of God, and I think sometimes when we get in tight places, difficult places, hard places, and it seems like God may be absent or not working, at times we can question God's love. Like, God, if you love me, why am I here? God, if you love me, why am I going through this? We can question God's love. Listen, if you ever come to a place that you wonder about or question God's love, all you have to do is look to the cross. Because the cross tells the whole story, right? That God loved you so outrageously. And He sent His Son to die for you. So as we, think of, as we think of God's love, God's love for us is unconditional. It's unceasing. It's unmeasurable. It's been said that you could empty out the ocean with a communion cup before you ran out of the love of God. Think about that. The wonder... The magnitude, the greatness of God's love. So God's love revealed for us. And as we receive God's love and experience his love, then we are called to be this. We're called to be conduits of his love. Individuals that he can flow his love through. You know, as those who have experienced God's radical love, we're charged to live out a radical love. One of the key characteristics of the early church, if you look to the book of Acts, one of the key characteristics of the early church that brought about this massive growth, this uh, explosion of evangelism was love. What drew other people to be a follower of Jesus? They saw love being lived out. They saw something that was contagious. They saw something that was so radically different than the world they were living in, and they said, I want some of that. I want to experience that. Matter of fact, it's interesting. Acts chapter 2, verse 44 says, All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. What's that? That's love in action. They were living out radical love. And again, as individuals experienced it, as they saw that, said, I want to be a part of that. The early disciples. We're simply living out Jesus' command, not only to them, but for all of us today. Matter of fact, in John chapter 13, verse 34 and 35, I want you to listen to the words of Jesus. Matter of fact, it's on the screen. Why don't you read this with me? Let's read this together. A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, there's three things here I want you to catch out of this verse really quick. First of all, this is for you and this is about you. Okay? So don't think, well, you know, man, I know somebody that needs that verse, right? No, it's you. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you would identify today as a follower of Jesus Christ, then this verse is about you and it's for you. The second thing I want you to notice in this verse is that Jesus qualifies how we should love. Notice what he says. You should love one another as I have loved you. So my friend, how did Jesus love you? Sacrificially. He laid down his life. For you. Love revealed. The third thing I want you to notice about what Jesus says here is like, this is not optional. He says you must love. Listen, we don't need to call a church business meeting to decide are we going to love or not. Okay, let's take a vote on that. Then We we don't have to have the business meeting. It's really clear in Scripture. This is a directive. This is a command. Then as we have experienced the radical love of Jesus, we are called to live out what? Radical love. As we have experienced sacrificial love, we're called to live out sacrificial love. See, people who have, people who have not experienced the love of God, I believe should experience the love of God through us. So think about that. Wherever, wherever life takes you, into the marketplace, into your school, into your business, whatever that looks like, that's where love should be expressed. That people would experience the love of Christ through you. Listen, that's God's plan. That His love would so wreck you and change you and transform you that you then would take that radical love into your world. And we see this happening in so many different places in and through Grace Covenant. We see this happening through our partnership with the Neighborhood Care Center. Manny Rosado and the team there that we're partnering with, they're doing a phenomenal job. What are they doing? They're simply meeting people's needs and in that people are experiencing the love of Jesus. We have a, a, a group here called Yarns of Blessing. It's a group of ladies who get together, they talk, they pray, and their hands are moving the whole time that's happening and they knit things. In this past year, 2020, get this, in 2020, they delivered 313 items that they had crafted and made into places like hospice houses, crisis pregnancy centers, when individuals are experiencing the love of Jesus through individuals who have been knitting. Amazing. There's a group here at Grace called S1A, um, serving one another. It's, it's It's a group where individuals come together and they just do projects like Build handicap ramps or go and do a cleanup, meeting people at points and places of need. So why? So we can reveal the radical love of Jesus. See, I think not only has God's love been revealed to us, but God's love must be revealed through us. And what, when that happens, people experience Jesus. That's why, that's why we, we go out and serve, so that people can experience Jesus. The scripture says that the identifying quality of a follower of Jesus is this. It's how we love. How we love. Listen, it, it, the identifying quality is not how much biblical knowledge you have. I'm not against biblical knowledge. I think we should learn all we can learn. But that's not the identifying quality. The identifying quality of a Christ follower is not how many times you go to church. And I'm all for going to church. I'm glad you're here today. But that's not the identifying quality. The identifying quality is not how many supernatural performances or supernatural acts can happen through your life. Paul in First Corinthians thirteen says, "Hey, you can have faith that can move mountains, lay hands on the sick, and they're healed. But if you don't have love, you you don't have anything. Nothing. The identifying." quality of a follower of Jesus Christ is simply this, friends, it's how we love. It's how we live that out in our lives. In a time in our world where there seems to be more hatred and strife and division over so many issues, we should be those who are representing the love of Jesus. Not, not just in the words that we speak, but by the very actions, the very actions of our lives because love is expressed not just through our words but it must be revealed through our actions love is revealed through what we do listen how the apostle john challenges us to put love into action first john the 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 book of first john the epistle of first john is really a book about love John the Apostle was known as the Apostle of love, so we would then think he would write a lot about love to the early church. Listen to what he says about love. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone, sees, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, let us not love with words or tongue, but in actions and with truth. Now that's exactly what the believers lived out in the early days of the church. If you you look back to church history, in the second and third century, there were two devastating plagues that that ravaged cities, taking the lives of thousands of people. It would be like the coronavirus that we're presently navigating through without medical care, without hospitals. Think about that. It was that kind of plague that was happening. What's interesting, if you read history, the wealthy and the powerful ran away from the problem, but the church ran to the problem. Caring for the sick, feeding the hungry, bearing the dead who showed up it it was the early church that showed up matter of fact church historian eusebius in 312 wrote these words listen i want you to listen to what he wrote about the early church says for they alone being christians in the midst of such ill showed their sympathy and humanity by their deeds every day some continued caring caring for and bearing the dead for there were multitudes that had no one to care for them Others collected in one place all those who who were afflicted by the crisis and gave bread to them all, so that the thing became reported abroad among all men, and they glorified the God of Christians. Catch that last line. And they glorified who? The unbelievers. They were watching this happen. What did they? And they glorified the God of the Christians. It was the actions of the early church, motivated by love, that captured the attention of unbelievers. Listen, the the same should be true for the church today. Our love should be more than words. It should be revealed through our actions. Listen, because we love, we help. Because Because we love, we serve. Because we love, we reach out to the marginalized and the hurting. Because we love, we give of our resources to assist those in need. Their love is revealed. What through our actions? Listen, you can't say you love and sit on your tail and do nothing. I'm sorry, you've deceived yourself. And love must be revealed through our actions. Matter of fact, another early church leader, Saint Augustine, when asked this question, "What does love look like?" wrote these words: "It has hands to help others." Feet to hasten to the poor and needy. Eyes to see misery and want. Ears to hear the sighs and sorrow of men. That's what love looks like. Folks, there's no way around it. Love is the way of Christ. And the Apostle Paul would actually say this, that love is the most excellent way. I want you to listen to Paul's word to the church of Corinth. First Corinthians chapter 12, the last part of chapter 12 into chapter 13. Paul wrote these words, but eagerly desire greater gifts, and now I will show you, get this, now I will show you the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of, of men and of angels, but have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Then he goes on to talk about what love looks like it's patient and it's kind. It doesn't boast. It, 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 it keeps no record of wrongs. And he goes on to kind of give this definition of what love looks like in action. And then as he comes to the last part of, of chapter 13, he says, Now in these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest, the greatest of these is love. And When we choose to follow the way of love and live out love to others, especially our enemies, we're following the way of Christ. We're fulfilling the command of Christ. We're living out an authentic faith and and we're choosing the most excellent way. But you know, it's my belief, and I've been in the church all my life. I've studied the church. I've watched the church. I am the church. I do church with you. I know a lot about the church simply because I've been in the church. And it's my conviction today that we're much better at talking about love than we are living out love. We're much better in our theology on love than actually that of our our practice of love. I think a great question for us this morning is then how can I grow in love? See, I think love is something that we can grow in. I think we can become better lovers of others, better lovers of our enemies. I think we can become a better witness to the world of what love looks like as we're living out the love of Christ. So so how can that happen? I want to leave you really quick with three points of application. Here it is. How can you grow in love? The first is this, engage and grow in growing your relationship with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform your life. Listen, friends, to love others and place their needs above your own goes against your human nature. Are you with me? In other words, it, it doesn't naturally happen out of your flesh. Or, or to love those who persecute you. Want to talk about that for a minute? To love those who harm you? That's not easy. And I'm telling you, that's not the natural response out of your humanity or mine. This is what I know today. If we're going to love like Jesus loved, we need help. We need need the help of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul wrote these words. He says, do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as as we grow in our relationship with God, then there's the refining of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. and, And our capacity to love expands. How many of you would say you need your love capacity expanding? If you didn't raise your hand, you need to raise your hand. Listen, you have the same problem I have. There's too much of you in you. There's too much of me in me. I need my love capacity expanded. And it's not just about more human effort. It's about a transforming work of the Holy Spirit in our lives that refines us. Hey, Here's a second way I, I believe that, that we can grow in love, and it's this. Choose to die to yourself. And one of the main things that keeps us from loving like Jesus did is Self. We, we become the problem. We see someone in need and we don't respond in love because we become selfish. Now, that's a little painful for us to hear, but it's true. Someone verbally attacks us and we don't respond in love because we move into what I call self-protection mode. Someone wrongs us and we don't respond in love because, by golly, I have my rights. My rights. How dare you infringe on my rights? Someone posts something on social media and we don't respond in love because we have to prove ourselves right. We have to win. Now I know there's times, I understand there's times to stand for truth. It's time that we, we must stand for truth. But we want to do that in Love. I want to represent the, the truth of Christ in, in love. To live out that love. We have to choose to die to ourselves. To place the needs of others above ourselves. So I encourage you to look for opportunities daily. To deny yourself. So that you can live out the love of Christ. Hey, here's a final way that, that you can grow in love. And it's by practicing. Practicing. Practice love as you purposefully look for opportunities to serve others. As I said earlier, love's not revealed in your words, love's revealed in your actions. It's revealed as you get out of your own world and to step and you step into someone else's world to serve them. Now, I'm reminded of what Jesus did just before he went to the cross. Just before going to the cross, John chapter 13 records this for us. You know what he did? He washed the disciples' feet. And among the disciples were at least two men, one who would betray him and one who would deny him. Yet in John chapter 13, verse 3, the scripture says, Now Jesus showed his disciples the full extent of his love. How did he do that? He served them. He took the lowest of positions and he washed their feet. What a model for us today. May we practice love as we look for opportunities to serve others, even those who will betray us, even those who will deny us, even those who would attack us. May we practice love as we Serve, And the more we practice love through serving others, the better we'll become at living out a life of love that glorifies the Father and positively impacts others. Folks, there's no way around it. The way of Jesus is the way of love. The most excellent way is the way of love. May we be those who not only receive and experience the love of God, but may we be those by the help with the help of the Holy Spirit live that love out in real ways to others. May we be known. May we be known how we love one another. And as I wrap this up in a prayer. I would ask you this question. How many of you would say this morning in your life, in your relationships, as you're processing life, would say, I need my love capacity increased. I, I just want to pray you because that's what I need in my life. I need more of Jesus and less of me. I need more of love and less of Pharaoh. I need my love capacity expanded. That you? I'm just going to invite you to raise your hand, just as a point of identification. I'm going to pray for you as I pray for myself. Lord, we thank you for your love revealed as you sent your Son to die that we might live. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you, come, that you came not only to open the way to love, but you've modeled love for us. If we want to know what love looks like, Lord Jesus, we can simply look to your example. Lord, for those with hands lifted, we're simply saying today, we want our love capacity expanded. We want to love Lord Jesus as you love. So t- this morning, we invite Holy Spirit for you to expand our love capacity. Help us to grow in our understanding of what that looks like. Help us to, to move opposite of one would be our normal human tendency. Lord, I pray not only for those here present, but for those watching online this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you to work in our lives. To help us in a daily way to reveal the love of Jesus to our mates, to our children. In our circles of influence. May the world know what love looks like by the way we live our lives. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.